Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. The resurrected king is resurrecting me, amen? Well, it's a real joy uh, for, for me to introduce our guest speaker this morning. Uh, Pastor Gary Blanchard is here with his wife, Anne, and he is the assistant uh, superintendent uh, for the Assemblies of God in the state of Illinois. Our church is affiliated with the Assemblies of God. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Pastor Gary for over a decade now, and uh, he actually preached the sermon when I was being licensed by uh, the Assemblies of God, and they've been in the ministry for over 30 years. And uh, Pastor Toledo and Chrissy uh, and, and our whole leadership team think incredibly, uh, we think so much of them because, you know, it's great to have men and women of God who have been running the race for, 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 for and have, have not only getting, not only are getting stronger, but they're getting better and stronger and getting more and more from God as the days go on. And he was, he was sharing this last week at, a, at the pastor's intensive about how a few years back, I don't want to spoil it, but how God gave him a fresh download of for the season that's ahead of him. And we've all been recipients of him hearing the voice of the Lord and then coming and transferring it to our lives. And so he has the word of the Lord for us this morning. Can you put your hands together as Pastor Gary comes to to bring the word of God to us today? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's a great day in the Lord. Can you say amen? I love it when you open a service up with a breakthrough prayer, amen? How many people felt a breakthrough from God just a moment ago, amen? Well, give the Lord a shout of praise, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ann and I and uh, some of our ministers from the Illinois District were so privileged this week to be a part of the DNA Leadership Intensive. What a tremendous job of teaching by Pastor Al and the whole team was there and we were so blessed. I I need to share with you just a couple of comments that came out of that intensive session. These are comments that I've already heard back. Listen to this. One person wrote, I will never be the same again. It was a transformational moment for my ministry. Isn't that amazing? Another person wrote, I have never seen leadership presented like this in all of my life, and I have been a student of leadership all of my life. Wow, great comments, and uh, I am so thankful for the ministry of Pastor Al and Chrissy and all of the leadership team from Uh, Chicago Tab, what a tremendous blessing it was this week. You have a great pastor. How many of you know that? Amen. You have a great team here. Hallelujah. I was listening to the radio this week and I was listening to a Christian radio station and the announcer was saying that he is brand new in this city. Uh, the city that he was announcing from, and he, he was talking about how difficult it is to find a new church. I've been there. How many of you know that? It's difficult to find a new church. And so he was asking people to call in and to identify the characteristics of a great church. And they identified three. Here they are. Number one, 
He said, I want a, a friendly, warm environment when I walk into the building because after all, God's word says that people will know us by our love. And if that doesn't happen in the lobby of the church, how will it ever happen anywhere else? Can I get a good amen? And then number two, the, the overall reaction was, I want to be in a place where the spirit of the living God is moving in every service. Amen? And then the third quality was, I want to be in a place where the word is anointed every time it is taught. Pastor Matt, that sounds a little bit like Chicago Tab to me. Come on. Amen. Great church, and it is truly a joy and a privilege for me to, to be here this morning. I took a whole lot of notes as Pastor Al was teaching this week. And one of the things that he said really struck me. Let, me. let me read to you what I wrote down. He said, it is impossible to be a strong, healthy leader if you don't take authority over the voices. Somebody needs to write that down. Let me say it again. It is impossible... To be a strong, healthy leader if you don't take authority over the voices. And the moment I heard that, suddenly I was quickened in my spirit regarding this service this morning. Because I come here this morning with a mentality that flows out of Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. You know it. God says, I have plans and purposes for you. I believe God has plans and purposes for Chicago Tab. I believe God has plans and purposes for every individual in this room. Do you believe God has plans and purposes for you? Come on, give me a good amen. Well, if that is true, why is it that we sometimes find it so difficult to walk in the calling that God has given us. You see, over in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe that one of Satan's strong tactics are the voices. The voices that play over and over and over again in our head. And so I've come here this morning with a message that I'm calling shut it down. Come on, everybody say it with me. Shut it down. Oh, one more time. Shut it down. We need to shut down the voices that play over and over and over again in our head. Amen. I'm going to be in Exodus chapter four this morning. And so if you would open your Bibles to Exodus chapter four, and I'm going to begin reading in just a moment at verse number one. But before I do, I want to take some instruction from Pastor Matt. When Pastor Matt was talking about Proverbs this morning, do you remember what he said? He said, it's always important to look at Scripture in its proper context. Do you remember that? It's important to look at Scripture in its proper context. And so I want to identify the context of Exodus chapter 4 before we get into it. Now here it is. Pay close attention to this. This is deep. 
Exodus chapter 4 follows Exodus chapter 3. You, you need to write that down. I mean, I, I always like to start with the heavy theological stuff first. Exodus chapter 4 follows Exodus chapter 3. Now, why, is, why do I take time to say that? Because something happens in Exodus chapter 3. This is about Moses having an encounter with God. Moses has been on the backside of the desert... For about 40 years watching sheep. He's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years because 40 years earlier he tried to do things his own way. And when he tried to do things his own way he committed murder. And he ran from that situation and ended up in the desert. And now he has been in the desert for 40 years watching sheep that don't even belong to him. They are his father-in-law's sheep. And on this particular day, Moses is in the desert watching the sheep and he notices that there is a bush that is on fire. What draws his attention is the fact that the bush is not being consumed by the flames. Now for a bush to burn instantly out of out of combustion due to the sun was a very common thing out in the desert, but it would always be consumed. And on this day, Moses noted it's not being consumed, so he walked over to the bush to see what was happening, and as he approached the bush, he heard a voice from the inside of the bush. It was the voice of God. And God said, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And immediately Moses was well aware that he was in God's presence. And God spoke these words to Moses. He said, Moses, I am well aware of what is happening to my people in Egypt. I'm well aware of what has happened to them and I have heard their prayers. How many of you know God is a prayer answering God? Amen. God said, I have heard their prayers. And so now I am going to respond to their prayers and I am going to set them free. Now, I I don't know how Moses responded to that, but if I would have been Moses, I probably would have wanted to do cartwheels. Hey, we have been here for 400 years, 400 years in this mess, and God, you are going to now answer the prayer, and we are going to get out of here. Moses probably wanted to do cartwheels, but remember, he's 80 years old, so he didn't do cartwheels, but he stood there. I'm sure in amazement that God is going to answer this prayer. And then God gives these instructions to Moses. He says, Moses, I have a job for you to do. I want you to go to Pharaoh. And I want you to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. Now Moses got a little shaky with those instructions. And he said, uh... But God, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if Pharaoh doesn't believe me? Who should I tell him sent me? And God says, 
tell him that I am who I am sent you and I will be with you. Woo! Now, I, I, I would like to believe that if I were Moses and I heard God say, go do this and tell the people that I am who I am sent you and I'm going to be with you, I would like to believe that I would say, yes, God, here I go. But that's not what Moses did. Moses continued to argue with God. Now, why in the world would Moses continue to argue with God? Now, listen, I'm not even to my text yet. I haven't even read the first scripture yet, but I want to give you the first takeaway right now. What am I calling this? I'm calling it shut it down. Come on, somebody, say it with me. Shut it down. Here is the very first voice that Moses heard, and it's the very first voice that we need to shut down every time God asks us to do something. The very first voice that we need to shut down is the voice of our past. I need to shut it down. Come on. I need to shut it down. You see, Moses was living with broken dreams and a painful past. And when you live with broken dreams and a painful past, all you can see is a painful past as a script for tomorrow. But I'm here to tell you this morning that your yesterday does not determine your tomorrow and your past does not determine your future. I need to shut it down. Come on, say it with me. Shut it down. I need to shut it down one more time. Shut it down. I need to shut down the voice of the past because your past is never beyond God's ability to restore. I don't care what you have done. I don't care where you have been. I don't care what kind of sin you have struggled with. I don't care if you came from the right side of town or the wrong side of town. I don't care if you've been hanging out with the right people or the wrong people. I don't care where you come from. I've got a word for you today. Your past is never beyond God's ability to restore. It's time to shut it down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, yeah, well, you know, I I appreciate that preacher, but that sounds like something you picked up on Dr. Phil. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not something I picked up on Dr. Phil. And let me prove it to you this morning. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Number one, out of the book of Psalms and Psalm 103 and verses. See, I got that. You you all went, ooh, but I got it. Uh, Psalm 103, beginning in verses 11 and 12, listen to what the psalmist writes. He says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, oh, somebody listen to this, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great, everybody say so great, so great is his love for those who fear him. Now catch this, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression. 
Christians from us. God said, I've taken your past and I have put it as far away from you as the east is from the west because God has the ability to restore your past. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, the apostle Paul writes these words, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anybody in this room in Christ this morning? Come on, he's talking to you this morning. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you. Go ahead, tell him, he's talking to you. He says, listen to this, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? Oh, one more time, he is what? Oh, somebody shout, I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. Look at this, the old has gone and the new has come. Hallelujah. I know somebody's going to say, yeah, well, you know, those are all great scriptures, but I, I, I still struggle a little bit with feelings of guilt and feelings of condemnation. And when I struggle with guilt and condemnation, it, it brings shame on me. I want you to know something this morning. Oh, God put this in my heart today. I want you to know something that the devil doesn't want you to know. I'm here to tell you something today that Satan doesn't want you to know. You were not created for guilt and condemnation and shame, but you were created, oh, listen to this, to be crowned with glory and honor and to walk in dominion and victory. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this place this morning. You say, yeah, well, I, I, I'm not sure I believe that. Okay, let me give you another scripture so you might believe this. Look at this, Psalm chapter eight and beginning in verse number four. This is what the psalmist write, writes. He says, what is mankind? that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you cared for him. Now listen to this, verse number five. Listen, listen. He says, you have made him a little lower than heavenly beings. Oh, here it comes. And you have crowned him with glory and honor and you made him rule over the worlds of your hands and you put everything under his feet. Hallelujah. I'm not created for shame. I'm not created for guilt. I'm not created for condemnation. But God has created me to be crowned with glory and honor and to walk in dominion over all those things. Oh, come on. Put your hands together this morning and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I, 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 still, I still struggle with those things. I still struggle with them. Over in 2 Corinthians, and I don't know if we have this scripture, but if we do, yeah, there it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Look what Paul writes. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen to this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning, the next time the devil knocks on your door with those feelings of guilt and condemnation, you send Jesus to answer the door. Would you do that? Jesus, you need to go answer this door because there's something that wants to come in here that shouldn't be in here and I'm going to take authority over it in the name that is above all names, the name to which every knee must bow and every tongue must confess because the first voice that I'm going to shut 
shut down, somebody say shut it down. The first voice that I'm going to shut down is the voice of the past. You're not bad for 8.30 in the morning. (laughs) Have you found Exodus chapter 4? Pastor Matt, I think I'm ready to preach now. I'm ready to go. Exodus chapter 4. And I'm beginning to read at verse number 1. Moses answered... What if they do not believe me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? I'm going to stop right there. Look look at that verse one more time. What if they, everybody say they. How many of you have been haunted by the they in your life? Every day. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. That's somebody in leadership, I can tell. They are talking about you. You know what they are saying. You know what they are thinking. You, you, you know what they really believe Come on. Am I talking to myself here? Especially if you're in a leadership position, you, you hear this as a leader over and over again. That's one of the reasons why I believe Pastor Al said what he said. We need to take authority over the voices, the they. We're going to shut it down this morning, amen? Here's the second voice. That you need to shut down. Everybody say shut it down. Here's the second voice that we need to shut down. It is the voice of negative self-talk. See, do you think Moses was really concerned about the they? Or do you think Moses was listening to what he believed about himself. Let me say that again. Do you really think Moses was concerned about what they were all thinking and saying? Or was he listening to his own negative self-talk? Say, here's what I've found. I found that what you believe about yourself becomes your vision statement for life. And oftentimes the voices that have shaped our vision statement for life are negative. I still remember something that happened to me over 60 years ago. And I remember it as clearly as if it had happened yesterday. It's my kindergarten graduation. (laughs) How many people in here remember your kindergarten graduation? Amen. 
I remember my kindergarten graduation like it happened yesterday. I, I was one of the tall, skinny kids in the class. And so as, as we were lining up, we, I went to a Catholic school. Anybody here have good nuns, you know, as, as teachers? I went to Catholic school and, and we're standing up on the risers. And, and I got assigned to the very last riser and I was right on the end. And I was that kid at the graduation ceremony. You know the one I'm talking about. The one who, you know, sings louder than anybody else and everybody's looking at that kid. You know, I was that kid. I was so happy. I mean, I was excited. My parents were going to be there. My family was, I mean, this was going to be a great time. It's my kindergarten graduation. And so we are rehearsing and I'm sitting on, uh, standing on that top row of the riser and we're rehearsing our song. And I am singing to the top of my lungs and this little nun and I know she was little because she had to look up at me on the riser this little nun came up to me and she pointed her bony little finger in my face and she said Gary you cannot sing and she said I don't want to hear a single word come out of your mouth you just move your lips And you know what, Pastor Matt, to this day, to this day, whenever I go to sing, and I love to sing, I love to worship, but whenever I go to sing, that voice comes back. It comes back. As a matter of fact, the guys were putting the microphone on me today. And and they said, the little switch is right here to turn it on or off. Do you want it on or off? And and they'll tell you. I just automatically said, no, I want it off. I'll turn it on myself because nobody wants to hear me sing. I mean, every time I get up to worship, I got to shut that down. Somebody say shut it down. I got to shut it down because it is negative self-talk in my head that says you can't say. I got to shut it down. Somebody say shut it down. I got to shut it down because I'm going to sing whether you like it or not. I'm going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord whether you like it or not. But I'm here to tell you there's somebody in this room. You've been told all your life you are stupid and you will never amount to anything. There are people in this room, you've been told all your life, you are fat, you are ugly, nobody wants to hang out with you, you've got a terrible personality. There are people in this room, your husband, your wife has told you how no good you are, how worthless you are, how you are not worth getting up in the morning. There are people in this room, you've been bullied and you've been told the world would be better off if you were dead and those voices get into our head. I'm here to tell you, we need need to shut it down. I need to shut down that negative self-talk and I need to begin to believe what God has already said about me. I'm going to have a breakthrough because I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, come on. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I love what Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 12. He says there is, or yeah, chapter 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to allow God's word to begin to work deep down in me, and I'm going to allow my mind to be renewed. Because here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 7. He says, I am no longer a slave. Hallelujah. I'm no longer a slave to those voices. I'm no longer a slave to those thoughts. I'm no longer a slave to those opinions. I'm no longer in bondage. So what has held me back in the past, I am no longer a slave, but I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And since I am a child, God has made me also a joint heir with Jesus to all of his glorious blessings. Oh, come on. If you believe it this morning, put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need to shut it down. Somebody say shut it down. I need to shut it down. I need to shut down the voices of the past and I need to shut down the negative voices that are in my head. That negative self-talk. Where are we? Are we still in the book of Exodus? <laughs> Exodus chapter 4. At the risk of preaching it all over again, I'm going to start over again at verse number 1. <laughs> the Moses answered, What if they do not believe me? Voices of the past. Voices of that negative self-talk. And what if they say, the Lord did not appear to you? And the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? Staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it to the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God said to Moses, Moses, what do you have in your hand? Moses probably looked at it and said, It's not much. It's a dead, dry piece of wood. It's all I have. I'm sure when God asked the question, Moses probably thought, yeah, all I got is this piece of wood that I picked up in the desert. There was a day when I was being trained There was a day when I was being educated. There was a day when I lived in Pharaoh's house. There was a day when had you asked me that question, God, I would have had in my hand a scepter of power and authority. But all I have is this stupid stick. 
Here's the third voice that you need to shut down. Are you ready for it? The third voice that we need to shut down is the voice that says, you're not enough. The third voice that we need to shut down, somebody say shut it down. The third voice that we need to shut down is the voice that says, you're not enough. Have you ever noticed in scripture that God likes to ask questions? I mean, I always marvel at the story of the blind man who's standing in front of Jesus and Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? I want to go, duh, Jesus, come on. You, you created this world, created this universe, and you can't tell that this guy's blind? No, whenever, whenever you read a question in scripture that God asks or Jesus asks, it's not because they are looking for information. It's because they want the speaker to realize something in the response. Look at the screen, what I wrote. I wrote the thing that Moses held in his hand is the very thing that was now holding him. Oh, let that sink in. God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses says, it's a stupid stick. You see, the staff that Moses held in his hand represented his identity. It told the world who he was. He's a shepherd, walks around with a stick. It told the world that he had no earthly possessions. He's working for someone. He doesn't own anything. It told the world that this guy is at the lower level of the economic strata. And God asks Moses, what do you hold in your hand? And Moses says, all I've got is this stupid stick. It's my identity, it's who I am, and it's all that I have. How many times has God said to us, I have plans and purposes for your life. There are things that I want you to do. There are things that I want you to accomplish. There are people that need to be reached that only you can reach. There are lives that need to be touched and influenced that only you will touch and influence. And you have responded back to God and said to God, I'm not enough. God, I am not enough. Listen, you need to hear this this morning. If you're willing to take your not enough and put it into the hands of a God who is more than enough, you will experience a miracle in your life. Come on. Oh, I need to say that one more time. If you're willing to take your not enough and put it into the hands of a God who's more than enough, you will experience a miracle in your life. All it took were a couple pieces of bread and some fish and 5,000 people plus women and children were fed. Whoa, somebody thought it's not going to be enough. But when you put your not enough into the hands of a God who's more than enough, 
enough. Gideon had an army. And God said to Gideon, you've got too many people in your army. And Gideon said, what? I've got 32,000 here. And there are over 200,000 in their army. God said, you still have too many people. And God whittled it down to 10,000. I'm here to tell you, when you take your not enough and you put it into the hands of a God who is more than enough, you will experience a miracle. God says, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And Moses says, all I've got is this stupid stick. And God says, Moses, throw it down. And so Moses threw it down. Don't worry, I only paid 12 bucks for that at at a truck stop. (laughs) It's not going to turn into a snake, trust me. We don't have snakes frozen in the back to take out. I mean, it's just, it's not there. And I I have to tell you that if I were Moses and my stick turned into a snake, I'd run too. God says to Moses, Moses, pick it back up. And God said, Moses, I want you to know that the stick that you once held, that you thought was your identity and that you thought was worthless is now going to become a rod of power that when you stretch that rod out over the Dead Sea, over the Red Sea, it is going to part and a million people are going to walk through on dry ground. And when you strike that rock with that rod, Moses' water is going to come out of it and it's going to begin to refresh people. I want you to know that what you have in your hand is not some dry, dead piece of wood, but what you have in your hand is the power of Almighty God that's going to flow through your life because, Moses, when you're willing to take your not enough and put it into the hands of a God who's more than enough, you're going to experience a miracle. One more, and I close with this. Fourth voice that we need to shut down. We've got to shut down the voice of the past. And we need to shut down the voice of the negative self-talk. And we need to shut down the voice that says I'm not enough. Number four. We need to shut down the voice that says run. Moses saw what happened and wanted to run. And God said, Moses, you're not running. Turn around and pick it back up. Pastor Matt, thank you so much for your your kind introduction this morning. Ann and I have been in ministry going back to 1979. We have pastored two churches before really messing up and being called to Carlinville. That's how we felt. Have you ever been to Carlinville? You'd feel that way too if you had to live there. Trust me, the best way to see Carlinville is in your rearview mirror. I mean, Ann and I were pastoring out in the Chicago suburbs. 
Ann has an addiction. It's called Starbucks. And there was one on every corner in St. Charles where we lived. Do you know how far we have to drive to go to Starbucks in Carlinville? We got to drive almost an hour to Springfield to get a Starbucks. You know what that does to an addict? It causes them to buy a very expensive machine for at home is what it does. For most of our years in ministry, I was bivocational. Now, no, don't get scared. That's not a disease. Bivocational simply means that I had a full-time job and I pastored at the same time. And God had blessed me with a great corporate job. And in 1996, God said, enough's enough. What do you have in your hand? And I said, well, God, I've, I've got this great corporate job. I'm traveling throughout the United States, giving presentations to thousands of people every week. God, we've been blessed with a beautiful home. We have three kids in college. And I'm pastoring this little dumpy church, but that's okay. Has 30 dysfunctional people in it. They don't even know one another's names. But it's okay, God. And God said, I've got something better. I want you to throw it down. I want you to throw it down. And mentally, I threw it down. And that thing turned into a snake. I said, God, if I do the the company that I work for, I was getting a larger annual bonus than what this little church was going to be able to pay for salary. And I said, God, help me do the math here. I mean, you need to put some fresh batteries in your calculator because this doesn't work. My, I, had a, I had a daughter. My oldest daughter was a student at, at Wheaton College. Her room board and tuition was more than what this little church was going to pay me for a salary. I said, God, this thing's a snake. If I turn down around to go pick this thing up, it's going to bite me real bad. And God said, shut it down. Somebody say, shut it down. God said, shut it down. You cannot run. Listen to me. You cannot run from what I am giving you. God said, pick it up. And on December 31st, 1996, I walked out of the corporate world for the last time. Walked out of my office in downtown Chicago one of the high rise, I had a corner office with a view of the lake. People didn't understand. But I began to realize you can't run from what God has given you. Sometimes we want to run because of the voices of the past. And sometimes we want to run because of the negative self-talk. And sometimes we want to run because we don't think we're enough. And God said, no, listen, 
If you're willing to take what you have and put it in my hands, I'm going to work a miracle. Do you know, within two years, this little church went from 30 dysfunctional people to 300 people. I don't know how that happens, but it did. And God began to open all kinds of ministry doors. Somebody in this room needs to hear this this morning. It's time to shut it down. One more time. Shut it down. It's time to shut down the voice that is telling you to run from what it is that God has called you to do. Father, I'm believing you right now to send the Holy Spirit to begin to minister in this room. Lord, we need to shut down some things right now. We need to shut down some things right now. Father, we need to shut down those voices of the past, those voices that continually want to remind us of where we have come from, those voices that continually want to fill us with feelings of guilt and condemnation and shame. God, we were not created for that. We were created to be crowned with glory and honor, and we were created to live victoriously. You have made us more than conquerors through the shed blood of Jesus, and right now we take authority over all of those negative thoughts that tell us we're not worthy and we're not good enough. Lord, in your sight, none of us are ever good enough. But because of the blood that was shed at Calvary, sins have been forgiven. Our past has been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And you have made us brand new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. And today, Lord, we come against those thoughts of guilt and condemnation and we shut it down in the mighty name of Jesus. And we turn off today the next negative self-talk that says we can't do it. We don't have enough resources and everybody is talking about us. We shut it down today. And Lord, in this moment, we shut down those voices that say we don't have enough to give. We're not young. We're not old enough. We're too young. We're not good looking enough. We're not smart enough. We don't have enough education. We don't have this and we don't have that. God, we're taking our not enough and putting it into the hands of a God who is more than enough because you are going to bring life to it. And today we declare, God, we are running no longer from the call and the purpose and the plans that you have for our life. We run from it no more, but we turn around and we pick it up and we say, God, here we are. We are moving forward today in the mighty name of Jesus. If that's your prayer today, would you stand in this room all over this auditorium? Would you stand? It says, God, that's it. I'm I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it down. God, I'm shutting down those voices. I'm shutting it all down in the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's where it begins. It begins with that personal relationship with him. That moment when you've said to him, God, I I am not good enough. And God, I can't do this on my own. And in that moment, God hears that prayer. And in that moment, heaven opens up. Grace comes. You mean I don't have to do something? I don't have to put money in an envelope? No, grace is freely given and sins are forgiven. And if you're in this room today and you're still struggling with all of that and, and you've never invited Jesus 
to come into your heart to forgive you of your past, I'm going to ask you right now, right where you're at, to make a bold statement of faith that would say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to do what I cannot do for myself. And I'm going to ask you to raise a hand right now that would say, yeah, that's my prayer. That is my prayer. I want Jesus to clean my life up. Yes, 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 yes. I see those hands. Others, just put them up for a moment. Yes, yes. Others of you. Yes, I see them in the back as well. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty this morning. I'm going to ask you to find a staff person today before you leave and to let them know I made a decision to begin right now. We have people in the aisles with information. Would you lift your hands up one more time so they can get the goods to you here? They, they have material for you that will help you along in the decision that you have made. Some over here, there were some over in that corner as well. If you would get over there and let them know you have materials for them. How many of you in this room this morning are are ready to say, I'm ready to shut it down? Amen. I want to shut it down. Come on, say it with me. Shut it down. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I'm an old-fashioned preacher. I just believe something happens when I get out of my pew and I come forward and I make a declaration that says, God, today's the day and I am shutting it down. And if you're shutting down the negative voices in your life today, I'm going to ask you to just step out right from where you're at and to come and gather around this altar this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. I don't want to run into the next service. Come on down. Come on down. This is it. This is your moment. This is a moment of a breakthrough. This is a moment of victory. This is a moment where I'm going to say, God, I am shutting it down. I'm shutting down those voices. I'm shutting down the voices of the past. I'm shutting down the voices that say I'm not good enough. God, I am shutting them down right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, God, begin to work, God. Begin to work. Begin to work, God. Oh, Father. Father, let that anointing flow at this altar this morning. God, break through, break through, break through. We're believing you for it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, right where you're at, just begin to pray. Just begin to call out unto God. God, this is your moment. Let's sing this to the Lord. God, I look to you. Come on, lift your hands to him. Sing, God, I look to you. Hallelujah. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Lift your hands to him. Lift your hands. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom.
our brothers and sisters who have taken the step that they are going to make the declaration, oh God. Lord, and we pray today that there would be a fresh authority upon their lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that cancels every demonic assignment. We thank you that you greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Father, now we pray that every voice would be silenced in Jesus' name, that it would be silenced, that it would be silenced. And Father, that you would strengthen every spirit, that you would strengthen every life, O oh Lord, that we would no longer allow the voices to continue, but to be able to stand and to say that they will not be speaking in our lives in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you that your voice is greater than the self-criticism. Your voice is greater, O oh God, than the things that come against us. So Lord, we love you today. We bless you today. And we thank you for a new journey and a new chapter in our lives, oh God, of taking super, of taking spiritual authority over the voices that come against. So we love you today. We bless you today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's put our hands together and thank the Lord today. Amen. Amen. If you raise your hand, and you took one of those boxes, Pastor Dave's gonna be right here down front. He'd love to talk with you a little bit further about your decision and your commitment and your walking with the Lord. And for those of the at the altar, I wanna encourage you as you're going from this place, look at me for a second, this is important. This is important. You can go on, sometimes God gives you a message and, and you can walk out and go throughout your day, but I wanna encourage you to go back over the notes you can go online, it's on the app, it's on the website, some of you took notes, and begin to go through those points, get those scripture verses in your heart, because as the enemy comes against you, you will have real strength to resist the voices. This is an active exercise. What the Lord has begun at the altar, we're believing is gonna continue to go, so just continue to meditate, meditate upon this truth, and we're believing that we are all saying, get it out, amen? Amen, God bless you, have a wonderful week, we'll see you this Tuesday.